So we're in the middle of a sermon series. Um, tonight, I just want to say, is the second to last night. So next Friday, we end this sermon series called People. Um, it's a people sermon series. And here's what I believe. I believe that people, it, it, like a person, people, groups of people, people groups, it, it's the, actually like the center of everything that God wants to do in your life. I mean, quick example. Remember the worst day of your life ever? I bet you can remember the people you were with. Remember the happiest day of your life? I mean, like the day you just always dream about, the day you wish you could relive. Remember that day? The day that Justice League came out, right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> I'm gonna just say a spoiler. So, I'm just playing, guys. Who saw Justice League? Who didn't see Justice League? Who doesn't really care? All right, there we go. That's what I thought. I thought that was the people I was working with tonight. <laughs> Think about the worst moment of your life, the best moment of your life. It's surrounded by people. Listen to me. We preached this last week. We said, I think the enemy knows the secret of people. The fact that he wants to hurt you, he wants to damage you, and he wants you to look at people with a distorted vision to potentially corrupt your purpose, that's exactly what he wants to do. I want to challenge you. These next two weeks, this week and next week, we preached the first two weeks. Uh, the first week was people in my purpose. Who is there for the week one? People in my purpose. We said your, your purpose is attached to people and that your purpose needs a partner. You can't do this alone. Last week, we said you need to take it personal. Who was here last week? You got to take it personal. I talked to my friend Ishmael. You guys remember Ishmael? I love Ishmael. Man, we talked about fighting for what Jesus died for. And we talked about how we're all different, and we're not going to shun differences like the world does, like the enemy wants us to do. But what we're going to do, we're going to celebrate differences. Amen. Tonight's title, anybody taking notes? Title tonight's talk is Believe It or Not. And then the second title is You Have a Problem. And, it, and you, I mean me too. But go back to the first title, Believe It or Not. Anybody taking notes? Anybody writing that down? Believe it or not. Here's what I believe. I'm going to start off with this big idea, and then we're going to break it down, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to worship until we're all crying. All right? Who's ready for that? Yeah. Amen. I want to pitch you an idea, and listen, if you miss the first five minutes, you're going to miss the next 25. It's not going to make any sense. That's what just people say to get you to pay attention. Um, believe it or not, this whole thing about Jesus and Christianity is all about what you believe, believe it or not. Belief, write that down, belief. If you believe it, then you can receive it. That sounds like some corny song out there, but it's not. That's original. If you can believe it, then you can receive it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about grace. If you can believe in grace, then you can receive grace. But if you don't believe in grace, you can never fully receive grace. What's grace? I'm glad you asked. Grace is forgiveness, mercy, favor, blessing, anything good in this world that is given to a person that doesn't deserve it. So that feels like when you find out the news that Jesus loves you and that he paid the ultimate price for your sin, that he forgave you, that he gave you he gave you a seat in heaven. You should have been doomed to hell. But because of his sacrifice, come on, he gave you a new life. That sounds a lot like grace. But here's the truth. Grace isn't grace if you don't believe in it. 
So believe it or not, this thing is all about what you believe. And I want to start off tonight, including me, and I'm going to say this with quotation marks. You have a problem. You need to understand this, Christian. The only way you can last long in church, the only way you can last long in this whole Jesus idea, the only way you can be 50 with children and still be promoting this amazing love of Jesus is that from now to then you understand that you have a problem. People who shy away from the faith are those who forget the issue that they have. People who shy away from loving God and loving people forget that there's an issue that they have inside of them. You have a problem. Man, they say this. When you get counseling, the first step is just recognition. Just recognize you have a problem, and then we can go somewhere. Let's say this all together. I mean, let's just, let's just let the cat out the bag. You ready? We're going to say, I have a problem on three, all right? Can we do that tonight? Can we just, just let it out? Because some of y'all been worshiping, but your arms are heavy because you don't want to say what you're dealing with inside. Some of you guys are trying to love God and love people, but there's something going on inside of you. It's literally stopping your worship and stopping your praise. So let's just let it out. You ready? I have a problem on three. Ready? One, two, three. Does that feel good? Woo! I got a big problem. Woo! I could be here all night talking about the problem we got. The problem I got problem you got. Let's say it one more time. Come on. For kicks and giggles. Ready? I have a problem on three. Ready? One, two, three. I have a Write it down in your journal. I have a problem. I have a problem. What's my problem? Listen, church. Sin is your problem. Sin is your issue. If you're here tonight, it's your first time. We're not that church. I promise. It's going to get better later. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you by discouraging you. Y'all here tonight? I want to encourage you by discouraging you. You cannot be a good person on your own. You cannot please God on your best day. You're, I'm going to get to that verse later. Romans 3.23. All have sinned. Throw it up, angel. Romans 3.23. The, the next verse. It says, for all have sinned. Not some, not those who've been in church long enough, not those who don't. For all have sinned and all have fought short of the glory of God. We all fall short. We all mess up. Man, it feels good to say it, right? Got a problem. It's liberating. Because someone told you to be a Christian means to be perfect. Somebody convinced you somewhere in life. That to walk in here confidently is to have lived a life seven days from the last time you came to church without sinning. Somebody told you that. Some way, somehow, you convinced yourself that to be accepted by God, you need to be perfect. But that's not true, friend. I want to encourage you by discouraging you. You have an issue, and you've fallen short. I have an issue, and I've fallen short. You think your good works can can give you grace. That's called religion. When you think you can do something to receive the grace of God, that's called religion. When you think that you've lived three years, God, I did three years without sinning, I'm ready for your mercy. I'm ready to go into heaven. You know what that's called? Religion. Because the Bible says in Isaiah, let's throw the verse up, in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, 
We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Pastor, what? What are you saying? You're saying when I live righteous, I'm still filthy? You're saying that. I'm not saying that. Let's keep reading. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. We have this issue, and our greatest day is like filthy rags to God. That's my sermon. Let's all go home. Just kidding. <laughs> I want to discourage you. Because listen, in three years, when you're still in church, you're going to think that you deserve the grace of God, that you deserve the love of God because of how you're treating people. No, 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 that's not the gospel. The gospel is he died for you while you were still a sinner. He gave you grace on your worst day. He loved you on your worst day. So what? So that you can believe that there's a better day. Believe it or not, you have a problem. What are the consequences of sin? Because there are consequences. And this is the, where the discouragement turns into the encouragement. What are the consequences of sin? Let's be clear. Hell is the consequence of sin. Discouragement to encourage. Hell is the consequence of sin but Jesus. Y'all here tonight? So wait, so wait, so wait, so wait, so wait. Let's be clear. So I suck. Yeah, you suck. I'm a sinner. I fall short. I can't work to receive this grace. I can't work to be loved by God. I'm just terrible at being good. I need help. And the consequence of me in this area that I can never pass from, the consequence is sin. And the, the consequence of sin is hell. Hell is eternal separation from God. Hell is a place where people are put because they did not believe in who? Believe in Jesus. So because I don't believe, now I'm in this place that is the consequence of my sin. Because I don't believe in Jesus, I am now in this place where I put myself in because I didn't believe in what he did for me. I want to encourage you. Listen. Jesus is the payment of sin. Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin. What does that mean? He took your place. So although you're a sinner, although you mess up, although you've had some bad days and some really bad days, although you've had some moments in your life when you looked at yourself in the mirror and you say, how did I even do that? Although you have some nights that you don't share with even your best friend, although there were some moments your parents don't even know, listen, Jesus paid for all of it. He paid for it. He died for it. He wiped it away. He took your consequence. Come on, he went on a cross and he died for you. He took the consequence of hell. He took it. Bible says he has the keys to hell. The devil don't even have the keys to his own house, y'all. That's called love. The devil has nothing against you if you what? If you believe. Listen, because of Jesus, my next point, because of, because of Jesus, the statement, you have a problem, now becomes you had a problem. Because of Jesus, when you fully understand what Jesus did for you, sin, shame, and death isn't a problem. It was a problem. It's not a problem no more. Because Jesus paid for it. I have the right to pick up my head and keep moving forward. I have the right 
to live for Jesus. Anybody feel better? Anybody feel good? It's called grace. Gospel translated. Ready? The good news. It's a good, it's good news. That although we were sinners, Jesus died for us, that we may live for him. It says in Revelation 118. I love this. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Jesus amen himself. That's hilarious. If y'all don't shout me down, I'll shout myself down. Amen. <laughs> and now I have the keys to, of Hades and death. It's awesome. Write this down. Don't forget it. Jesus paid the price of sin. Jesus paid the price of sin. He did what you couldn't do. He covered the tab. I mean, like, you were supposed to go to hell because of your sin, but if you believe in Jesus, we're going to give you an opportunity tonight at the end of tonight's talk to raise your hand to believe in Jesus and to make a public just declaration of faith, which most of us have done. So if you believe in Jesus, you believe what he did, you believe he's Lord, then that means that you are covered by what Jesus did. It covers you. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see a dirty sinner. He sees Jesus. He sees righteous. He sees pure. He paid a price for you. So what is hell? So, so hell used to be a place that was a consequence of sin. But because of Jesus, hell is now a place where people choose to pay their own bill. So hell used to be a place where you received the consequence. You received the penalty. You received the damages done because of what you've done called sin. But because of Jesus stepping into the picture, hell is now a place where people choose to pay their own bill. People choose to pay for their sins. People choose to deal with the consequences of their actions. But when you confess and you bow your knee and you receive the love of God and you say, it's over now. I'm living for Jesus. I believe in him and what he's done. You now have the right to walk into a new life. So here's the question. How do I accept this new life? How? And we preached this a couple weeks ago. The gospel is too good to be true. So I got to come on Friday, on Sundays. Thank you. Because Sundays are awesome too. This gospel is too good to be true. How do I fully accept this new life? Ready, ready? So believe it or not, you just got to believe. You just got to believe. How do I accept this new life? Pastor, how, how do I do it? How? How do I receive it? You just need to believe. Because when you believe, things will start to change in your life. It says in verse... 11, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, the book of John, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. It's a very bold statement. It says, I am not one of the resurrections and one of the lives that you can choose. It says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. So what does that mean? So those who believe in me even though they're going to die, they still going to live because when you die and you got me, you're going to heaven, you're living. All right? That's just how it is. Verse 26, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So, so what does that mean? So if you're living and you believe in me and you die, it ain't really death because you'll see me in heaven anyways. Key words at the end. Do you believe this? I did all that. 
There's so much available for you. And what does this verse tell me? Life isn't about being good and being bad. Life is about being dead and being alive. Life isn't about sinning and not sinning. Life is about being dead or being alive. So when I understand what Jesus did, the truth is none of it is acceptable to me. None of it is presented to me until I believe it. Because he says literally, literally, do you believe it? This is what I did for you. This is how much I love you. This is how much I care for you. Do you believe it? Because if you completely believed, you would completely surrender. Y'all here tonight? All right, so now the game changes. This is when it changes. And this is when it gets tricky. Because people surrender thinking they could receive something. Y'all here tonight? This is when it gets tricky. People try to surrender to receive something. But you got the equation wrong. People try to live holy to receive something. You missed the point. People try to surrender to God to receive grace. You missed it. You need to believe, then you surrender. You need to first believe and understand, and that leads you to living a holy life. You guys here tonight? So if someone told you, go on a fast so God can love you more, they got it all wrong. No, no, no. I go on a fast. I worship God. I believe in him. I don't do these things, and I don't hang out there because I believe in who he is, and I love him, and I know him. Because I believe I surrender. I don't surrender so that I can believe. Don't let nobody lie to you no more. Imagine this. This is what Christianity should feel like. You ready? Because it's hard to imagine hell because we're not dead. We're not in the place of heaven to look down on hell. We don't know what the afterlife is really like. Let me give you an example of what this payment feels like. Ready? So imagine for a moment. So like, Kevin, you here? Kevin, raise your hand. I don't know if you want me to share this or not. Kevin's a victim of identity theft. Someone stole his ID. They did some weird stuff. Cops showed up to his door one morning. Doo, doo, doo. Kevin, uh, you're arrested. You did this, 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 and this. He's like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. His mom's Puerto Rican. Kevin, por favor, no! Crazy scene. He did none of it, though. He did none of it. So let's exaggerate the consequences, right? Let's say the dude that took his identity went online shopping, and he spent a million dollars. Million dollars. And they had you, so now you're Kevin, right? You wake up in the morning, and you found out just because you've been doing some online shopping, the result of that is you, you have a $1 million debt. What? What's going on? Right? So now you're in jail. You're in jail. Picture yourself in jail. I'm locked up. No. <laughs> Imagine, this is the crazy moment in movies. I love this movie. Hey, hey, uh, take, take, take the shackles off of him. He's like, what? Why? Uh, so, somebody just paid your bail. What? It was a million dollars. I could have never paid it. I don't know nobody that could pay it. I don't know nobody like that. I live in the South Side. Ain't nobody walking around with a million dollar chump change. Who did it? His name is Jesus. He paid a price for you that you can never pay. He took you out of a place that you can never get on your own. 
What is the first thing you do when you get out of that jail? Where is this man named Jesus? I'm going to kiss him. I'm going to hug him. I'm going to live for him. What do you want me to do? I'll be your slave. I'll be your servant. You don't want me to drink? I won't drink. You don't want me to smoke? I won't smoke. What are you telling me to do? Because I love you. So we worship so crazy. You think this whole thing is just an act? No, no, no. I know where I'm supposed to be, and I know where he's sending me. I don't resist sin to get God's love. I resist because I have God's love. Don't perform to receive something. You got it all wrong. Here's the truth, youth and young adult. I will live how he wants me to live because of what he paid for me, because of what he did for me. And sometimes, listen, 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 hear this. You abuse God's grace when you know what he did and you believe in what he did and you still just, just seamlessly just disobey him. That's terrible. But don't look at it as I'm just disobeying the commandments. Don't look at it I'm just disobeying what my mom said. Look at it as the dude that paid everything for me, I'm getting a cheap one on him. I'm being just a little bit stingy to the dude that paid it all for me. Because here's the truth. This will affect the way you live when you truly love him and understand what he did for you. Because the truth is, y'all, I mean, I get so many questions. What's a sin? What's not a sin? What's the, how, how close as I can get to the line without sinning? How far can I? What's this? What's that? What do you think about this? My usual response is, open your Bible. Read the heart of God. He's speaking to you. He wants to know you. He wants to love you. I'm not the middleman between you and Jesus. Get to know your God. Get to know his love language. Get to know his favorite color. Because he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And he will lead you to a life that you're supposed to live. But we beat the system when we expect church to tell us how to live. Man, church has just revealed to us how deeper and how amazing God is and how big and small we are and how big he is. God demands your love, and in your love, you will live a fulfilled life. That was the next point. God demands your love, and in your love, you will live a fulfilled life. So here's the thing. Obviously, we're all not believers in here, right? You either have people in here, four people, ready? Four people in here. We love you. We accept all of you. Don't stop coming. You smell good, all right? So uh, you have A, A, right? A. I'm going to go A, B, C, D. A is the people, okay, I'm a believer. I already love Jesus. I already know what he did for me. This is a little bit of a reminder. So thank you, Pastor. We're going to be good tonight. Hurry up and finish so we can go eat. So that's like, I don't even know how many percent of y'all, right? That's A. B is y'all like, okay, uh, Pastor, I, I'm ready to start this thing. I'm ready to believe in this thing. I, I'm ready. This makes sense now. I've been trying to work for God's grace. People have been telling me I got to go confess and do this and do that and, and do this and this and this and, and put this on and now God loves me. But no, 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 this sounds better because this is more real. I think I like how this sounds. I think this is the gospel. That's what feels good. It's the good news, right? I'm ready to start a new life. That's, that's B. Then you got C. I'm not ready to make this jump. That's that, that's that person. We love you. I, that's my favorite people, right? So people don't worship. They're like, lift your hands. Hey, sir, you want to sit in the front? I'm good. Right here. 
So you're in the parking lot. Can you just please make it inside? <laughs> Church jokes. <laughs> right? I'm just, that's C. You know what C is? I'm not ready to commit, but I'm going to keep coming. I'm, this feels good. My homies is here, you know. Sometimes they get food out. When are they going to do that again? <laughs> that's C, right? Number C. Letter C. Number C. Man, I'm glad school's over, y'all. Come on, somebody. Praise break. Amen. I don't know. I don't know if I want this thing. Feels good, though. You sound right, though. Then you got D. I would never make this decision ever. And D, I love you so much. You're in the right place at the right time. It's the right moment. God's going to crack the shell around your heart. I'm sorry for whoever claimed Jesus and hurt you because that wasn't Jesus. That's D. Now, whoever you are, whoever you are, every decision you make after your letter demands sacrifice, demands a surrender from your part. And the truth is, is that God demands your love because you love him. And in your love for him, you will live a fulfilled life. That's what I believe. It says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 18, John came fasting and they called him crazy. I came feasting and they called me a lush, a friend of sinners. They called me a friend of sinners, Jesus said. I don't know if you know who your Jesus is. He's the friend of sinners, y'all. Y'all here tonight? I think we need more sinners in church because those are the people that Jesus is friends with. I think we need more weird people in church. I mean, they, if you get comfortable, I go crazy. I'm, like, surprised when there's, like, not a fight going on outside. I'm like, what's going on, guys? When there's no, like, you know, like, stuff going on, I'm, we should feel weird because this place should be a reflection of the people around us who don't know who Jesus is. The weird people. Come on. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Sinner, are you here? He wants to be your friend. If you're a sinner, you feel far from God. You feel like you can never do anything. Welcome home. Look at your neighbor and say, welcome home. You're in the right place at the right time. Are you lukewarm? <clears throat> lukewarm? When you, the Bible talks about lukewarm. It's those who, who worship God and then worship things of the world. Those who love God and love the things of the world. It's, sometimes there's like, there's like a, a, a dual kind of like God in your life. Like you're worshiping this and you're worshiping that and you're loving this and you're loving that. Are you lukewarm? Believe in what he did and love him past your old life and into a new one. Believe in what he did. And let love lead your way. Here's the truth. Grace will meet you where you're at, but it will never leave you where it found you. What are we talking about now? What are we talking about now? We're talking about surrendering, but surrendering isn't just a decision. Surrendering leads to growth. When I surrender myself to God, I'm, it's not just a place where I'm at. Okay, I surrender. No, God said, okay, I, you surrendered. I gave you grace. Now it's time to walk and to grow where I'm leading you. Because grace finds you where you're at, but it loves you enough to move you forward. But guys, don't mess up the equation. We don't move forward in God to receive something. We don't move forward in grace to receive something. We don't move forward in just the relationship with God so he can love us. We do it because he loved us. 
and he loves us. Man, can you feel the love of God in this room right now? This is the gospel. No matter who you are, who you are no matter where you come from, I love you. I'm for you. And I love you enough to meet you where you're at. But I love you too much to not leave you there. He who knew no sin became sin, so that sin would never doom the people that love Jesus. Y'all here tonight? He who knew no sin became sin, so that sin would never doom the people that love Jesus. I'm going to give you some three love letters I feel God gave for me to you tonight. If you want to write this down. Man, this is probably so God sent. It's not even funny. I want to start off with this. God doesn't ask for perfection. He asks for submission. He doesn't ask you to be perfect. Man, I feel like this is a love letter to you, whoever you are. He doesn't ask you to be perfect. You probably stopped coming to church because you were trying to be perfect and you kept failing. You probably stopped worshiping because you were worshiping with imperfect hands. Listen, he's not asking for perfection. He's asking for submission. Love him. Get to know him. Here's another love letter I have for you. God doesn't expect something of you that you can't be. He asks of what you can give. In other words, he doesn't set the bar too high for you. He walks with you. Come on, his grace covers the bar and everything else. But for this growth to happen, for you to take a step every day in this thing called life, listen, he's not going to expect something for you that you can't be. He's always going to ask of you what you can already give. And here's the last thing. This is all God wants from you. He wants love and attention, believe it or not. You know what God wants from you? Love and attention. Believe it or not. You're either going to believe it or not. Because God will do the things that you can't when you love him. God will take you to places you can never get to if you love him. God will do things in your family that you can't do on your own. But because you love him, it's going to happen. God will grant things in your life that you cannot get on your own. But because you love him, come on somebody. God will take you out of deep, dark holes in your life only because you love him. He'll do amazing things, believe it or not. It says in John 13, 34, 35, a new commandment I give to you. This is probably the verse of the series. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So also you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this is how I'm going to end tonight's talk. Listen, love for God gives birth to love for people. Love for God gives birth naturally to love for people. That's just what it does. And I just want every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. From the front to the back. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Man, let's. Let's give love and attention to God to love people more than ever. You see, my life is surrounded by people. My, my life is surrounded. My purpose is attached to people. My, everything that I'm doing in life is for people, towards people, because that's what Jesus came for. He died for people. But the truth is that if I don't believe in what he did for me, I can never affect people truly. If I don't first understand tonight's talk, I can never make a true difference. Focus on God, and you'll find yourself loving him more. Focus on God, and you will find yourself loving him more. Every head by every eye closed. Just, I want you to remember for a moment 
that one time you was with your friends and time flew by so fast. Come on, every head by every eye closed. Just put that moment in your head. That time you was with like your significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. You was with your family. I mean, think of that moment. That time just flew. Like you looked at your watch and said, where did time go? Like I just spent hours and I don't even know where it went. Just put that moment in your head. And put the feelings in your head. Now I want you to take that scenario and instead of looking at the people you're with, I want you to put, put God in that equation. When was the last time you spent time with God and said, where did time go? When was the last time you, you spent time in prayer and worship and said, man, I just had the best time of my life. I don't even know where the last hour just went. You see, that, that's what God wants you in. The best moments of your life are surrounded by people. Listen, Jesus showed up as what? As a spirit? He sent his spirit. But Jesus showed up as a person. He wants relationship with you. Come on, he wants relationship with you. He wants to know you. Isn't it funny that a God that knows everything still wants to know how your day went? Because he wants your attention. He wants your love. I mean, if you're here tonight and you maybe you were option C or D, right? B, C, or D. I want to remind you the options. B was I'm ready to make a new decision tonight and start following God, truly. C was I still need time. I'm not too sure about it. I'm weighing these options out. D was I'll never make that choice ever. B, C, or D, whoever you are tonight, maybe tonight you want to make a decision to respond. And you're saying, listen, I know I have a problem, and I'm ready to believe in what Jesus did for me. I'm ready to walk in the grace and love of God. If you want to make a decision tonight to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to unafraid and unashamedly shoot your hand up at the count of three. I want to encourage you for just a moment. The majority of the people in this room haven't been Christian that long. You're in the same boat, y'all. We're figuring this all out. If you're here tonight, you want to make a decision. Man, forget about the people next to you. Listen, you can't go. You, God wants to take you further than the groups of people you're surrounded with. Worship team, come up. All over this place, every head by back close. If you want to make this decision right now to say yes to Jesus, I'm actually going to shoot your hand up. Ready? One, two, three. If you want Jesus, shoot your hand up all over this place. One hand, two hands, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten.